0: To the IndyCar conference call. My name is Cheryl, and I will be your operator for today's call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. During the question-and-answer session, if you have a question, please press star then 1 on your touchstone phone. Please note this conference call is being recorded. I will now turn the call over to Arnie Shreveen. You may begin.
1: Thank you, Cheryl, and welcome, everyone, to today's IndyCar media conference call. Earlier today, A.J. Foyt Racing announced that Charlie Kimball will race for the team in the NTT IndyCar Series in 2020, uh, with sponsorship from Kimball's longtime partner, Novo Nordisk, for six races. We're happy to be joined by Charlie Kimball and A.J. Foyt Racing President Larry Foyt. Uh, Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the call, and congratulations on today's announcement. Thanks, Arnie.
2: Yeah, thank you, Arnie.
1: All right, Larry... uh, Today's news shows that uh, A.J. Foyt Racing has kind of hit the reset button for the team for 2020. What makes Charlie Kimball one of the key pieces you want to build uh, the team around for this year?
2: Well, I think a lot of things, really. uh, I mean, number one, obviously, like you said, we are in a bit of a reset coming off a tough year. So I I really liked the fact uh, when we started talking to Charlie and he was available, here's a guy with a lot of experience. I think Charlie's a technical driver. He shows he can win. He showed he can finish in the top ten in the championship. And those are just all the things that we want to build on. So that's just a really good fit for us because we have some new engineers on board. So I think a guy coming in with, with Charlie's, you know, mindset and, and with what Charlie can do behind the wheels is exactly what we needed.
1: Uh, Charlie, last year you ran just seven races uh, with uh, Carlin but you had some success in those in those few races that you did compete. Now you're back in the NTT IndyCar Series full-time. How hungry did last year make you uh, to come out this year and uh, have some success?
3: Well, I think that uh, myself, I would not have survived, and I'm not sure my marriage would have survived another year on a partial schedule because it was, it was really tough on me last year watching in races when I wasn't in the car. And, and I think the consistency of being in the car every weekend Allows me to stay in the rhythm. I noticed last year that when I was out of the car for a couple of races, I got back in. It took a moment or two to knock some of that rust off. And my competitors, the other drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series, weekend in, weekend out, are in the car and they're in that rhythm and that mode. And, and the level of competition in IndyCar is so high that any any drawback, you know, any moment it takes to to get back up to speed. Puts you a long ways behind. So I come into this year really excited, uh, really appreciative of the opportunity to work with the Foyt name. AJ Foyt is, is a racer at heart and, and I see that culture that, that AJ and Larry have built all the way through the team. Um, and I, I think together we're going to work really hard to get back to where they as a team want to be and me as a driver want to be at every race.
1: And how special is it for you, Charlie, to do this with a company like Novo Nordisk, who have not only been your longtime backer, I think this will be the 12th year that they'll be on your race cars, but they also make the medicines that uh, you use to treat your diabetes.
3: It's incredible. The Race with Insulin program has allowed us to touch tens of thousands of people with diabetes and and empower people to to chase their dreams um, encourage people to, to get tested for prediabetes and understand what it means, uh, for them as people. And, and being an ambassador for the diabetes community at the racetrack is, is really fulfilling for me as a person and as a driver. And, and I can't thank Novo Nordisk enough for, as you said, their 12 years of support with me, starting all the way back in Indy Lights. And now they've been with me, uh, not only on my fire suit and helmet and race car uh, at every race since, but every day since, every every opportunity when I'm managing my blood glucose and, and taking my insulin, uh, they are right there with me.
1: All right. And finally, uh, for either you or Larry, uh, so what are the expectations for the number four car this year? Um, obviously, competing and running up front has to be uh, one of the keys for the team.
2: Yeah, I want to hear that from the driver. I'm going to let him go first.
1: <laughs> I
3: appreciate that Larry. My goal is to do everything I can, uh, work with the team and and take AJ Foyt Racing back to victory lane. Uh it's been since 2013 <clears throat> when Takuma Sato won it at, at Long Beach, I believe was the, one of the last uh IndyCar victories for AJ Foyt Racing. My my last IndyCar victory was Mid-Ohio in 2013. Um I and our goal is to get back, running up front, weekend in, weekend out, and figure out how we get more consistent with being up front. Um, I think it's nice to have flash results and, and one good result here and there, but it's even more important that you run consistently in the top 10, so then you're running consistently in the top five. Once you're consistently in the top five, you're on the podium and fighting for race wins. And, and in my case, that's, that's my goal. Um, you know, we're, we're not there to finish second. I'm not there to finish second at at any weekend, at any session, any lap.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll just I'll second that, Arnie. Uh, I, I like exactly what he's saying. I think Charlie has come in and, and seen that the team. Uh, for me, I just want I want all the effort we're putting in to start showing some results and. Uh, last year was was such a tough year for us because the effort just wasn't equaling anything on the track that that we were putting in and that was uh, very frustrating for everybody. So this is just a great opportunity to say, hey, okay, let's get, you know, let's kind of hit the reset button Um, with Charlie coming in and like I said, I I think he's going to do great stuff for our setups and be able to give some great feedback. Um, from everything I've heard of, of speaking with people that have worked with him in the past. I think that's going to be big for us to quickly uh, just try to find those few tents that, that we were missing last year. And um, that's um, I think that's going to pay a lot of dividends for the team.
1: All right. Uh, Cheryl, let's open up for questions for Larry Floyd and Charlie Kimball.
0: Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star then 1 on your touchstone phone. If you are using a speaker Please pick up your handset first before pressing any numbers. Once again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then one, on your touchstone phone. Our first question comes from Robin Miller from Racer. Your line is now open.
4: Uh, Yeah, one for Charlie, one for Larry.
0: Charlie, uh, just talk a
4: little bit about when you first brought Novo into into racing. You know, everybody wrote a story in every paper. Everywhere we went, it was such a good story. You win a race and you can talk about it, but how do you keep them, how do you keep this program going, I guess, my question is, uh, you know, it, to keep somebody for 12 years in any sport is pretty amazing, but is there, what's the one hook you think that keeps them interested in this whole thing with you?
3: I think, well, thanks for the question, Robin. It's great to hear from you and, and great to hear your voice sounding strong and I hope your health is uh is doing great because we need you telling all the stories and, and, frankly, telling all the stories of AJ in the past so I know what to talk about with him when I'm talking to him at the racetrack. Um, but for my side, the relationship with Nova nordisk you talk about there being one hook, and, and I think the fact that this, our relationship and partnership is so organic. It is a relationship that I see, I use every day um, and telling that story to different audiences in different ways on different programming is really what has kept the the partnership fresh. I think in in all sports marketing properties, those relationships mature and to be able to try and keep that relationship uh young, so to speak, is is really valuable and, and find ways to you know, my diabetes management has evolved since I was diagnosed in in 2007. And so telling that story has evolved as well. And we've been able to to tell it in different ways to different people to keep it fresh. Um, and I think really, you know, if I was talking to a young driver about building a long-term relationship with a partner uh, in motorsports, I think that would be one of the keys is, is finding something that is organic, but also something that continues to grow and evolve.
4: Uh, just as a follow-up, you know, you have all these changes in, in big corporations every year. Somebody comes in and somebody says, ah, why are we in race? Just, have you, been, in this 12-year period, has it been new people that you've had to tell, talk to every year and say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is, let's keep this going. We've got... And have they seen the benefits of
3: it? Well, I've been very fortunate. Um, through some corporate changes, you know, I have I have some great relationships within the company, people that have been there since the first meeting I ever had with them, that have, have moved into different roles within the company, even gone and spent time in Denmark at global headquarters. So there's an awareness of the program uh, around the world, really. And having those those internal champions helps, but also I think the the per, the program itself um tells its own story, and you know with empowering that diabetes community i mean Nova Nordisk is really a global healthcare company and and they've launched a couple of initiatives even at the beginning of twenty twenty that are designed to help patients and telling my story really fits into their triple bottom line of of empowering and taking care of the diabetes community and their patients within all their disease states.
5: Excellent.
4: Congratulations. Hey, Larry, uh, one question for you. We've talked a bunch this winter about, you know, who are you going to get to be the engineers? And you said something in the opening statement that's interesting a couple tenths that you were missing last year. It's not like you're missing two or three seconds. It's just a few tenths. I think that kind of gets lost sometimes in that when you're not being as competitive as you want to be, people just kind of write you off. But this series, like Charlie said, is competitive to become, and you've got everybody separated by two or three tenths, 20 cars. Can you talk about your engineering staff and who you got and who's maybe lined up and what
2: the plan is? Um, sure. Um, yeah, thanks, Robin. Uh yeah, like you said, IndyCar is so close, so even when you feel like you're on your back foot and you feel like you're really struggling, as we were at many places last year, sometimes you're not that far away, and we we definitely took some directions. What's so, what's so tough about the IndyCar series is once you get in the season, it's very tough to dig yourself out of a hole. It's not saying it can't be done, but you know the summer stretch that we have after Indianapolis and we're going back-to-back races, and it's it's hard to – there's not a lot of testing at that time, and it's just very hard to dig yourself if you've gone down a wrong, wrong path. And we definitely feel like we headed down a wrong path last year, and the good thing is we've got guys coming in uh, we've worked with before. Uh, Mike Colliver is going to be one of our engineers this year. Um, Mike Blowski will be as well. Um, both guys that are coming from places that that have a lot, you know, that they've seen a lot, they know a lot. So I think we're going to be able to just kind of reset back to where we feel like is a good spot to then begin our development again. Um, So I don't think, I don't think we're going to come out and set the world on fire. That's not what we're, you know, that would be great. I mean, we have a, a strategic plan of getting back to point zero and let's start building again from there. So, you know, that's, that's the plan, and it's not that uh, we think we're going to struggle like we did last year for sure. Uh, I'd be very disappointed if that's the case. We, I think the engineers are very uh, reasonable guys that have a good plan, and, and we're going to go forward. Larry,
4: who who will Charlie's engineer be for his his 17 race?
2: Yeah, that'll be Mike Kowalski. Okay, but
4: final question. When you think about how competitive you were just two years ago at Indy and how that just kind of, it's not like it's, you get the feeling sometimes it's so frustrating because you know just two years ago it was Will Power, Ed Carpenter, and Tony Kanaan were the three fastest guys by far at Indy, and Charlie's always run good at Indy. I know that's the one race that AJ really only cares about. So it just seems like there's a baseline there if you can
2: just get back to it. Sure. Well, and I know a lot of you will say Indy's the only race AJ cares about. I mean, yes and no. Of course, the Indy 500 for all of us, for every team, is is the biggest race we go to. But he also does care about the other races. And so it's not not just about the Indy 500 for us, but it is certainly very important. And I feel great about uh, having Charlie. We know he gets around the speedway well. And that should be a, a really good chance for, for us to strengthen our team at 500. And yeah, like you said, just, uh, it doesn't take much in IndyCar. We were very confident going back into the Speedway this year that we'd be strong. And we just weren't. We had, where other teams had gained a little bit, we hadn't gained as much. And that's how tough IndyCar is. Everybody is constantly gaining. And if you don't, uh, you're going to fall behind very quickly.
0: Okay, congratulations you guys.
4: Thanks again.
2: Thanks, Robin.
0: Our next question comes from Stephen. I'm sorry, Patrick. Stephen from Trackside Online. Your line is now open.
6: Uh, Larry, and then to, to then we'll let uh, Charlie tackle us, But we keep talking about goals. Can you pinpoint some concrete ones? You know, number of top tens you're looking for, making second round qualifying. Larry, what, what's that? What's that look like on, on paper?
2: Yeah, I think on the road courses, second round qualifying is always a good goal to shoot for. Um, for a team in our situation, you know, maybe a, a, a bit of a smaller team that is, is working their way back up. I think definitely, if you can make that transfer, that's that's a good goal to have. And you always want to finish well. I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see Charlie fighting for a top ten in the championship, which is tough because if you look at the field of IndyCar, you've got to, you've got to beat some very good cars to get to that top ten point. But for me, that's a goal. I don't think it's unreachable. I think it's a good challenge.
6: And um, that's what I'd like to see us shoot for. Then, Charlie, yeah, I know you want to lead every lap of every <laughs> session. You said that earlier, but what's your realistic goal for the 2020 season? I
3: I think I'm I'm very much aligned with Larry, and I think that's part of the reason why the conversation this winter uh, led us to this point. Were were because. You know, AJ Ford Racing is, is looking to, to rebound a little bit, um, and get back to some prior successes. And from my side, you know, the road and street circuits, if you qualify inside the top 12, making that second round of qualifying and can race inside the top 10, it puts you in a position to finish with top five. Um, and I think on the ovals coming into the month of May, you know, ideally, you know, with, with the opportunities, that have been given over the last few years, uh, with the bow tie on the engine cover and, and the work with technical partners. I think there's no reason we can't be talking about qualifying in the top 12, ideally the, the Fast 9 shootout, uh, being a part of that hunt for pole on Sunday is, is definitely on my radar. And then in 500 miles, everything's to play for. Um, and I think that carries through. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to learning from AJ about getting some stuff done around Short Oval. I've never seen Richmond, so that's, that's something very new for me, uh, and I think it'll be a great opportunity to, to work towards this year. But I think Larry and I have been aligned from our first conversation about the methodical approach it takes to
6: create lasting progress. And then, Charlie, let me ask you this. Um, you know, expectations are going to be, frankly, not to be dismissive, but they're going to be fairly low for this season. I mean, people aren't going to expect you to be in the top six. So is that in any way freeing for you, and does that let you try some different things that you might not normally have you know, wanted to do?
3: Well, I've long said that uh, any expectation or pressure that I feel uh, is greater internally than anything that exists externally. Um, you know, I I really feel like I put a, a lot of pressure on myself to be successful, and if the expectation is there externally or not, uh, it's irrelevant because that's secondary to the the drive that I have and and making sure that that I take care of of a or firstly AJ Foyt Racing, secondly you know my partners and Novo Nordic.
6: Uh, and then, Larry, let me follow up with you then on that same thing. Do you feel like, you know, with this big reset going, do you feel like it's a time to go outside of the box or you need to just try and get back down to the very basics and just try and get those honed in?
5: Yeah, I
2: think everything starts with the basics. I think we went outside the box last year a little bit, and that's probably um, why we were in the situation we were in. Um, but I agree with you. I think the the expectation is isn't really high and that's okay i think that's a fine place for us to be in because uh, it'd be good to go out and surprise some people and just start to if we can consistently show some speed and and show we're headed in the right direction i think it'd be great for great for all of us and a great story so that's what um, i think it's a good situation for us to be in and um, no i think the basics are the most important to get down especially when everything is so close and, and you have to make this, this car, it's a lot harder to drive than it used to be with this different level of downforce. So I think letting the driver get the most out of his ability out of the car comes first. So I think if we can make uh, good driving cars, then Charlie can do the job.
6: Cool. All right. Thank you.
0: Our next question comes from Frank Tinga from Reuters. Your line is now open.
7: Hi, thank you. A uh, question for Larry. Just wondering, now, um,
2: you know, given the, the recent news that uh, Fernando Alonso is now pretty much free to go wherever he chooses,
6: I'm wondering how, if at all, that uh, that fact is into your plans for 2020,
2: if he's being considered or if there's desire to bring him on board as well. No, I don't know. I've never met Fernando, so uh would love to meet him, but no, I don't think so. I think we've got our own plans going forward, so it probably does not include Fernando. Okay, thank you.
0: Our next question comes from Steve West from Championship Racing. Your line is now open, Steve West. If you could please hit Star one again, hey. Okay. Steve, West, your line is now open.
6: Thank you very much. Um, it was mentioned that, uh, Charlie and Larry, that you guys were going to be running six races together. I assume the Indy 500 is going to be one of them. Are the other five mapped out, or will that be determined through the season?
3: The, it's actually uh, – the plan is for me – to well, at least the, I'm pretty sure the plan, if I can read right, uh, is for me to be in the four-car all season – um, and then there will be six races with primary colors for Nova Nordisk. Um, ah, okay. So I will be in the four-car all year long. Right, Larry?
6: Right, that's the plan. <laughs> yes, that's
3: okay. yeah, that was my plan, so I wanted to make sure it was Larry's
6: plan. <laughs> okay, that, that was probably my misunderstanding on that one. And has there been any work on uh, settling down the 14-car? Uh, yes, that's a work in progress
2: and hopefully have some news coming out in the next, uh, next few weeks on that.
6: So, Excellent. Thank you for taking my questions. Best of luck to you, Charlie and Larry, and looking forward to the 2020 season. Thank you. Thanks, Steve.
0: Our next question comes from Steve Wittich from Trackside Online. Your line is now open.
3: Hey, Thanks, guys. Um, since it's a reset, Larry, uh, having early, you know, started with Canassie, there from the beginning, started with Carlin's routine. Is that attractive to somebody that's sort of been through you know, a rebuild or a new program before? And really, is that something uh, kind of fun for you or attractive for you? Uh, yeah,
2: Steve, you're breaking up just a little bit. I think I got all of that. Um, uh, I mean, one thing was great, uh, having uh, Scott Harner as part of our leadership with this team, he obviously has a lot of experience with Charlie and just had a ton of good things to say. I mean, when uh, I've met Charlie around the track, obviously raced against him. I know how hard he is wheel to wheel and I've seen him with our cars. Um, I think he's one of those guys that really is just really a, a fighter out there on the racetrack. And, um, it was great to have uh, what you think seconded by someone who's actually worked with him. So when I uh, when I obviously asked Scott about him, it was uh, Scott had a lot of great things to say about Charlie. So so that was something that definitely was exciting for me to
3: hear for sure. And from my side, I think I enjoyed the challenge um, working and applying my experience from an operation that's been around for for a lot of years in Chip racing to somewhere like Carlin that has a lot of racing experience, but was new to IndyCar and be able to bring some of that IndyCar experience to bear. Um, I, I appreciated that challenge and, and being able to make an impact and see that impact, see that effort turn into results on the racetrack. I think Larry talked earlier about um, Finding a way for the effort we put in as a team to show dividends or, or bring dividends on the racetrack, and I think that was something that I enjoyed over the last year and a half, two years, and am excited to to work with a team that that I've I've seen and competed against for years now. It's nice to be on the the other side of that uh, fence in the paddock and be aligned with Larry and AJ.
0: Our next question comes from Nathan Brown from Indianapolis Star. Your line is now open.
7: Hi, Larry. Um, you talked a little bit a couple minutes ago about how you felt like um, last year the team maybe got a little bit away away in, in thinking outside the box too much and you wanted to get back to square one. Was there any reason, uh, you know, in reflecting on how things went last year, any reason that you felt like um, – Things went that way uh, and and from a big team perspective, what will be your biggest focus uh in trying to achieve those goals you've set for 2020
1: yeah i I think
2: um obviously a lot of people talk about uh, shock absorbers a lot right now in IndyCar that's somewhere we you know we did some pretty extensive testing in that area last year and thinking it was the right direction, but then as you look at it, maybe it's not um I read an article about, well, maybe there were numbers wrong or something. Um, I mean, speaking with our engineering group and all that, it wasn't really that. It was just stuff that a lot of times we felt like showed well in our off-track testing. And when we got to the track, it seemed like when we tried it, that that was the right way to go still. But then, as the track rubbered up and things like that started to happen, all of a sudden you're you're not where you need to be. And, and understanding all the way that happens for race weekend is is one of the really difficult parts of IndyCar. I'm sure Charlie can talk to that. I mean, uh, the track changed from session, session to session, and all of a sudden you, you thought you were in a good place, and now you're you're behind a little bit. So uh,
5: you know, it's just it's
2: just all of that stuff together. Um, We've been doing this a long time, so as your setups evolve, we don't feel like we're in a terrible place there. But we feel like maybe the way our setups were working with our dampers wasn't the exact right way, and I think that's an area where we'll try to get back to a place that we that we feel like
7: we know better and start working from there.
5: Sure,
7: you talked a a little bit about it already, but um, maybe a little bit more in depth with all the turnover and. Uh, that this offseason has seen in IndyCar this year, what made you guys feel like, um, Charlie was, uh, the perfect guy to add into your team and, um and, you know, kind of try to use him to, uh, I guess, for both of you guys, uh, this partnership helps both ends, uh, kind of get back to where you guys want to be, uh, after a, a tough couple of years.
2: Well, I think the win-win was when we first spoke, and he just really wanted to get back full time. And I think he's a guy that deserves to be full time in the series and, and should be. And I just really felt like his drive matched with his experience was something that would really help the, the four-car program right now. And so that that, that was really it. I, I think he's uh, his, he being a technical driver obviously comes from a great engineering family. That's going to help us develop our setups quickly to get kind of back to where we want to be and and that was exciting for me and I just think talking to him and his mindset and knowing uh, how driven he was to get back full-time and and be competitive it um I I felt like it was going to be a win-win for us. Sure
3: Uh, I just
7: wanted to ask one more question follow up on uh, one from a couple minutes ago you said that you guys hope to have news on the the four-team car in a couple weeks Tony said, um, I think about a month ago, that you guys were really close to at least having him in some way in that 14 car in 2020. Are you certain that he will be part of the team this year, um, even if the number of races hasn't been decided yet?
5: Oh,
2: I'm sure he will. We've been working together, and so I think uh, we're getting everything buttoned up. And like I said, a couple weeks, I think that that news will be ready to, to be coming out.
7: Great. Thanks so much, Tony. Or uh, sorry, <laughs> sure.
0: Thanks, Michael. Our next question comes from Rico Ramirez from Area Grande. Your line is now open. Good morning. My question is for Charlie Kimball, uh, new team, and also new car. Have you tested the new AeroScreen Screen car and everything? And if you have, what's uh, your impression on uh, the new car? Uh, yeah, thanks for the question.
3: I haven't had the opportunity to to do an IndyCar test with the AeroScreen yet. Um, just being around the gym and talking to some of the guys who've been in the cockpit with it, I've heard really good things. Um, but I think my the scheduled opportunity for me to get in the car with the AeroScreen will be at uh, the IndyCar Open Test at spring training uh, down at Circuit of the Americas in Austin in early February. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that. I think it's, from everything I've heard, it's something that takes maybe an installation lap or two to get comfortable with, and after that it's just back to work uh, in an IndyCar.
0: Thank you very much, Charlie. Have a good time. Thank you. Our next question comes from Eric Smith from RaceView Online. Your line is now open. Uh, Yeah, Carly, congrats
7: on the uh, announcement today. And uh, I was just curious, in 2011, when you started with Ganassi, that was your first year they expanded from two to four cars. And then a couple years ago, you got in, uh, I think it was 18 with Carlin, when they just started. And then now you guys keep talking about possible, like, a reset, rebuild with Foyt and moving up now. Uh, can you rely on any of the, your past experiences from those first years with those teams as they were expanding uh, going into this season?
3: I think so. I think uh, all of my experience, if it's the the first years as part of an expansion at Chip Ganassi Racing or, or as an IndyCar entrance with Carlin Racing, being able to rely on that, that experience is helpful for sure. But at the same time, AJ Foyt Racing. One of the reasons I I wanted to be a part of their program this year is they know what they're doing. They're they're winners. They're 500 winners. I mean, it's, the team is founded and and owned and started by the first four-time winner of the Indianapolis 500. You know that history just doesn't go away in a couple of less than ideal seasons. So being able to work with their history and their abilities and hopefully bring some of my experience to bear as we work towards getting back to the results we want as a team is, is very important and, and something I'm really looking forward to.
7: And a follow up question. I apologize. if You guys already said this. Uh, is there a brand for the, uh, for your sponsor for the six races? I know you've had uh, like FIAS a couple of years ago and the Flex 10. Is there a, is there a certain brand they're going to want to promote uh, for this season?
3: I think the, the branding is still working its way through um uh, some regulatory and compliance stuff as you can imagine uh with an f d a regulated industry like pharmaceuticals, it takes a little bit of extra time but having the support from from novo Nordisk and you know figuring out what brand makes sense um as you said i've I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to to represent all of the influence that I've used. Uh, since we started our program in 2011 uh, on my fire suits and race cars. So it's just a question of, of what makes the most sense for them.
0: Awesome. Thanks. Congrats, guys.
1: Thank you. Thanks.
0: And we show no further questions in queue at this time?
1: And uh, seeing as we have no more questions for our guests, we will wrap up today's IndyCar Media Conference call. Uh, This conference call will be available on a digital tape replay approximately one hour following the conclusion of the call. To access the system. Participants need to dial 888-843-7419 or 630-652-3042 and enter the passcode 444 16562 followed by the pound sign. A transcript and MP3 audio of today's call will be available on IndyCar's media website at media.indycar.com. We'll thank our guests for their time today and thank you for joining us today.
2: Thank you, Arnie. Thank you, Arnie. We'll talk to you later.
1: And thank
0: you, ladies and gentlemen. This concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect.